0: All right, welcome to episode thirty-eight of the At Bat Podcast, presented by War Media, where we give you our thoughts on the latest Chicago baseball news as well as take a trip around the league. I am Saul Rodriguez. I am joined by Miles Porter and Chris Pennant. How are we doing today, guys? We'll start with you, Miles. How are we doing?
1: Hey man, doing good. feels feels good to be back. feels feels good Oh yeah, first back, show back of twenty twenty three for
0: you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hey, you both yeah. of you guys, both of you guys. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, man. I'm happy. I'm happy to be to be back. I, you know, 2023, ready for another. Fun year of baseball. We're already off to a very interesting start around the league in 2023. Mm-hmm. So I look forward to getting into it.
0: How you doing, Chris?
2: Pretty good. Uh, about the same as Miles said. I don't know how how fun the year is going to be personally. I guess, but I guess we'll, we'll get into some of that on the show. <laughs>
0: yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. With uh Yeah. With Chicago baseball, it's kind of up in the air. Like you don't know whether to go back and you know it sure the the, the white Sox have, might have a brighter outlook in the sense of you know standings wise and they have a chance you know to obviously a good chance to make the postseason the cubs it's like we'll we'll see you know you got a bunch of what ifs and we'll see you know wow. um but uh and we'll de- yeah we'll definitely get into it uh, i mean we got a lot to look forward to this year especially the next few months you know we got a uh, world baseball classic which which uh, you know want to do a special on that and then you know of course uh, previewing the season and uh, giving our, you know, MVP predictions, stuff like that. So we'll, we'll for sure, uh, uh, you know, th- that, those episodes are going to be uh, pretty, pretty badass. So we'll get into that. But first up, uh, I know I uh, wanted to get into this since, of course, uh, Miles and Chris have not uh, been on the show uh, so far in this month. So uh, we'll start with you, Miles, on just your overall thoughts on, uh, you know, the Cubs signings over the last month. Um, uh, you know, wanted to hear what you had to say, you know, when it, when it comes to the Hosmer signing, the Drew Smiley re-signing, uh, the the Mancini deal. Uh, it's a lot. You know, Cubs are doing a lot of stuff. You know, have been doing a lot of things this off season, and even some people have called it. You know, some people have said that they they're one of the winners of the off season. Uh, just in the sense of like they went out and got guys and whatever. But again, like I said, um, it's a definition of what if with the season with these players. If Bellinger can do this, if you know, if Mancini can you know do this or whatever. Um, there's a lot of question marks and still a lot of holes when you look into it. You know, if we're, we're not, you know, if we're going to be honest when it comes to pitching and stuff like that. Uh, but what are your overall thoughts on these the moves that they made in the last month? I'm
1: very proud. I'm very mm-hmm. proud for the most part. I really like the uh, the depth that we have right now. I think when you look at Hosmer and you look at Mancini, I don't think I don't I don't think these are guys who are going to. What I think one of these players might get shipped off, shipped off in the year or two, especially mm-hmm. with the with the emergence of Matt Mervis coming up soon. We know he's Mm -hmm. coming up soon. Um, I think he almost has the ability to kind of push both of those guys out of the first base position, uh, kind of just leaving one DH. But in the meantime, super happy with how the Cubs have gone about uh, adding depth to the bullpen, uh, offensively, just, you know, just being as solid as possible. Very proud of this team. Um, I'm I'm still – and I was talking about this with my dad the other day. I still don't understand how – what the logic is in letting Wilson walk. Um I think Tucker Barnhart is, is, is a solid addition. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you do research as to why the Cubs were really adamant about letting Wilson go and not a lot of it makes sense. And I think with him going to the Cardinals, I think that's going to bite the Cubs in the butt. I really do. Um I don't know. I don't know. I think. I think for me, that's my biggest uh, question mark. I, I, I'm I'm a firm believer that if Wilson were to still be on this ball club, leading kind of this no this this uh, this reemerged ball club, like the the possibility, I would have been more solid about the Cubs being a contender this year. Um, now, granted, I do believe that they are going to be a contending team. Uh, but I do believe that, you know, if, if Wilson was behind the dish, I think that he, he just adds another element of competitiveness to this ball club. And, and, and like I said before, Barnhart and Gomes are two great catchers, amazing framing, um, great at calling games. I just think Wilson is I, – I just don't agree with him. Um, I don't agree with the Cubs not bringing him back and wanting to push him out so badly. I think that's going to come back and bite us down the line in uh, ways that we, we us as Cubs fans probably don't even want to think about.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking, right? Like, so going into it, I mean, I knew he was gonna, he wasn't gonna resign with us, but, um, just the fact that he went to the Cardinals, it kind of, it was a whole like, it, it hit me differently because I was just like, man, like this. As much as I knew he was gonna leave, like the fact that he went to the Cardinals now, and the fact that he wanted to stay here, and the Cubs didn't want to keep him, uh, that storyline, yeah, that storyline, like you know, if it, let's say the Cubs are able to put a together a competitive season, you know, they're in July and August playing competitive games against the Cardinals. Yeah. I mean, that guy, this guy's going to be playing with, with, you know, with the chip on his shoulder and it's just going to be, you know, just, you know, headline stuff right there for all over baseball. Um, yeah. But I mean, Hey, Chris, I want your, your take on, on the Cubs, you know, just the way that they, you know, they're off season in general, right? Like they have a lot of guys that, have something to prove. And, and real quick on the, you know, as you said Matt Mervis uh, miles, I was going to say that that's the one thing I told uh, Gabe last episode was I was a little surprised that they went with uh that they signed uh, either, well, you know, Hosmer or Mancini, like the, the fact that they yeah. signed both, because I feel like it kind of pushes Mervis maybe to like, you know, a June debut or like a July debut, depending yeah. on how Hosmer is doing. I don't expect mm-hmm. Hosmer to, uh, you know, you know, I honestly with the way hosmer has been playing last year, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't finish the year on the team. But right. you know it's a, you know we'll see. But yeah, Chris, your your thoughts on the Cubs and, and their offseason overall?
2: I think they've done very well. Mm-hmm. Like like we talked about. They picked up a few proven guys, Cody Bellinger, mm-hmm. uh Trey Mancini, just and and guys who basically can hold things down before you look to put together your competitive more homegrown side of things. Uh picking up Dansby Swanson, he's one of those guys that you want to have Lead your franchise into the future. I'm not quite sold on him being that that type of leader yet, mm-hmm. but he um, kind of grew up with a team that had some veterans around him in Atlanta with Freeman, um, with the other guys that they had. Even even Max Fried had put in some years by then, but they they kind of brought each other up together. And he is a good face to have, if even if he's not your face of your franchise. And then, like I said, Mancini, Bellinger, even Eric Hosmer are guys to kind of to hold things down for the year or two and prove if they've got a couple of years left then they sign them to another deal and uh Jamison Tyone I think is a a good kind of mid-risk signing for your pitching staff to a guy who you know can do it but he's been around and he comes at a lower cost than maybe Carlos Radon and and somebody else who's on the market so I think the Cubs had a very good pre-agency period
0: yeah, no, and th- th- that is true, especially you know with Swanson. I've heard a lot of people say that you know, he's not, uh, if you're like a World Series contender or a pro season contender, uh, if he's your best player, then then your team is hasn't gotten there yet. And I mean that's look, he has showed potential of being you know you know a great player and 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 uh, has had big moments in October, all that, whatever. But uh, yeah, he does have a long way to go, and I think that his deal says a lot about the type of player he is. Uh, you know, because a lot of people thought that he was going to get that, you know, in mid to 200s or at least maybe what he expected, I should say. Uh, but he ended up getting, you know, that 177. So uh, we'll see for sure. Um, but anyways, you know, shifting now to the south side of Chicago, a lot of stuff going on there. Um, not all of it good. Um, and we'll get the the bad stuff out of the way first, uh, 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 Chris, with the whole Mike Clevenger situation, of course um you know who they just signed I feel like what it was like it was probably what December or something like that it was winter meetings or something I think they might have signed him, and uh now you know there was a woman uh I think her, uh, her name was Olivia Feinstead uh, she accused him of physical and emotional abuse uh toward uh her and her three children uh and uh you know herself included so yeah it's uh it's a rough situation but you know what are your thoughts on that Chris I mean we were talking a little bit about it before the show but you know, there's a lot of this going around, I guess, in the MLB. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that baseball's on, you know, one of the main headliners uh, recently. And it's not for, you know, for good reason.
2: Well, just what do I think about the Mike Clevenger bit of it?
0: Uh, yeah, just like the whole situation overall, yeah.
2: Um, I've thought about this. And the White Sox have a ever-shrinking time frame to do the right thing mm-hmm. and let the, let the man go. Now, I know that there's some – Um, labor contractual things that they have to go through that I'm not versed in. But you need to have them off your roster because Mm -hmm. if Mike Clevenger stays on the team, I'm not seeing any White Sox anything this year. Like that's, everybody has their line and the line may move no matter what people might say in the public sphere of, oh, you can't do this, this is wrong. You can't do this, this is wrong. What this man did was wrong. Like Mm -hmm. everything that's come out that we've seen choked uh, Ms. Feinstead, he spit on their 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 child that they had together. Tobacco juice, like some Undertaker, WWE type, type stuff. That You can't let that go. And Major League Baseball has, has something that they need to root out. And it's going to take a lot longer than this year, the next year, the next year after that. But that's just for me. So if Mike Clevenger stays on the team with the minimal amount of things that the White Sox have done in the offseason already, that's beside the point. The tickets, the way that they are, um, like nickel and diming customers now by splitting the sections in half. That's beside the point. But Mike Clevenger needs to be off the team, or the White Sox have one less fan. Simple.
0: Yeah, no, it's that's yeah, and that's the thing too. With you know, with the whole Trevor Bauer situation, as we connected to that as well, uh, it's it. I feel like it just took a long time to for either the team or MLB to do anything and then you know the whole you know suspension was uh you know they minimize the suspension at the end for bauer um yeah i don't know and it's and it's one of those things where it's just the the discourse online is always just i always just see it it's always just negative it's people that's saying you know like oh like you know good this is all this is all a sham like you know bauer this and that it's like people like don't even know like the whole story let alone you know, either side story. Like they're just signing with this guy because he plays baseball. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So, um, yeah. Well, hopefully, everything gets resolved. Miles, do you, have, uh, do you have any comments on the situation overall? though?
1: Oh my gosh, nothing that Chris hasn't said. Mm-hmm. Um, White Sox already got enough, enough going on within mm-hmm. that organization. You don't need that. Any sort of any sort of toxic anything just just should mm-hmm. not should not be there. Guys like that can, I cannot cannot. Cannot have a job. They they they, they cannot. Um, so you know, hopefully the White Sox make a make the right decision on that soon. Um, and you know, really, just um, this is an organization that just that 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 has to figure it out because I think that it has been very lackluster for many reasons. Um, kind of going back to what Chris is talking about. I don't I don't hold the whole ticketing thing. I don't I don't understand. Um, so you know, hopefully. You know hopefully they make the right decision sooner rather than later. Um, you know, they, added, <laughs> they better be careful with those ticket prices because let me tell you something, Sox fans will not show up. And that's not a that's no disrespect to White Sox fans. It's just that mm-hmm. they, they just, you know, if they don't if, if it's not a good product on the field, Sox fans aren't gonna show up. That's nothing against White Sox fans. It's just like, hey, if I'm, if I'm gonna drive all the way out here or whatever the case may be, give me a good team to watch. Give me, give me a reason to come out here and come to the stadium and watch this ball club.
0: So hopefully, hopefully, they figure it out soon. Yeah, and that's that's yeah, it's a good point. I mean, that it's one of those things where the, the you know, the past couple of seasons have been rocky or the least like you know, for the White Sox, whether it be LaRusse and all that stuff, like this is the last thing they need is more negativity, especially coming from the fan base. Uh, and uh, this would just add to it. Uh, so yeah, and and the, yeah, the ticketing thing, I mean, that's a whole that's yeah, a whole different thing for sure that I've heard about that's just ridiculous, but. We'll we'll get to more positive side of the White Sox here. And, you know, Chris, I wanted your take on and I asked gave this last episode uh, just what he thought about, you know, Andrew Benintendi's press conference. Uh, and also just the fact that he's wearing number 23. Chicago's got a new 23 in and Andrew Benintendi. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot to follow up with the number 23. Yeah, but nah.
2: He has to live up to the legend of <laughs> Vince Velasquez. Um, <laughs> And you know what? Honestly, there is something to that because considering Mm. how whack last year was, Vince actually did a pretty good job. Mm. So if Andrew Benintendi can be um, as good or or better than Vince Velasquez, it'll still be a bad deal. No, it won't be a bad deal. It's just, (laughs) it's just, it's so annoying that that's the highest contract in team history. I think that's the problem. And so that's really nothing against Andrew Benintendi. It can't be. But you want him to? I would like him to hit more than than five home runs. That would be mm-hmm. ideal, and to to be maybe you know seventy five percent of of the Andrew Benintendi that we got glimpses of in Boston. That would be nice. Uh, I admit I, I didn't get a chance to see the press the press conference because he's always struck me as a pretty boring dude. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it, I, mean, I can I, mean, I can't disagree. It, it is what it is, you know. He's he's a baseball player. There's no disrespect <laughs> to Miles, but Miles, you know, most baseball players they they listen to Morgan Wallen and they get their <laughs> sh- they get their shit done, and then it's like I'm I'll be I'll be oh, real, you know. The man. best the, I, Ian came into the place where I work last week, and Inhab yep. came into the place oh, where I work because uh-huh. I was checking at the door, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, and I looked at him, and I was like, oh, that's Inhab. One, he's shorter than I thought he was. <laughs> Two, he was a nice, easygoing dude, and the best baseball players you get pretty much are that mm-hmm. nice, yeah. easygoing dudes. If Andrew Benintendi's a not nice dude, he'll still be a mad boring dude. Even the nice dudes are fairly boring.
0: So
2: <laughs> be boring and hit fifteen home runs.
0: That's what I want <laughs> for you, my guy. You, you don't like you don't like him on the you don't you don't, uh, not a fan of the Compound Podcast, Chris.
2: Uh, the, I, I'm not even. I don't even know what that is.
0: Because he he does uh he does John Boy. He does like he he does uh a podcast for John Boy Media. Ian Hab does. So
2: shout but- out to John Boy getting that bread. I will say that. <laughs> um, I like him. I haven't seen many of his guys yet, but they are mm. the same thing. Kind of stretches out to a lot of people who talk about baseball. Yeah, other than us. <laughs> they can get mad, milk toast. It's it's like they it's like it's like white bread. Jim Cramer is base is a lot of baseball talk shows <laughs> that are not this one. The the, the the yelling is to make it seem like they're excited.
0: I mean, yeah, I, can, I cannot. Do we lose miles? With that that I <laughs> <smiles> <laughs> that? Man down, man down. My, my, my up up. are
2: amazing. <laughs> But I didn't you know, know what I'm talking about. Like everybody saw uh, Chris <laughs> Russo and decided, yeah, yeah that's geez. the winning formula right there, and that is not <sighs> really easily imitated. Chris Russo, yeah, yeah. yeah I
0: mean, there, there's not there's not much on MLB Network that you're gonna like, you know, be ex- excited, like super excited to watch. But when Chris Russo comes on, uh, either the TV's going on mute or it's just come, you know, turning off altogether. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we could definitely do a whole episode on <laughs> the roast of uh MLB hosts for sure. But uh, Chris, another thing I wanted to ask you about is the sense of also with uh, Eloy Jimenez uh, and the DH, you know, conversation. I wanted to ask you, uh, like, do you think that they are gonna go all in and put him at DH or uh, or is it still something that's up in the air? Because I, they're obviously not gonna say yes right now. Uh, but what what do you think is gonna happen in the situation?
2: I think. I think they might waffle, but it's hard to say exactly how. I think he would, I think he'll DH a good amount of the time, but there'll be times where Aloy still plays in left field, which, you know, two two or three years ago, that would have made more sense without the universal DH. Mm -hmm. But I think because of the fact that he's now one of the mainstays on the team, he has a little bit of say, and he wants to play some left field and you don't lose much by putting Aloy in left field for, I don't know, 15 games a season. But I think they're going to look to have him be the, be the um, everyday designated hitter. thats That's been a while in coming. It's a better idea to have. He wasn't the worst guy in the outfield, but that's pretty much just because Gavin Sheets got extended time and right. Mm-hmm. And it's better to protect his health. It, it really is. And I hope he understands that because he has always been a key cog in that engine as they've designed it. So it's better to, yeah. I think that they're going to, they're going to request that Eloy
0: is the main, is the mainstay at DH. Oh, what do you think about that situation Two Miles as well as in this in, for Eloy Jimenez? And like, do you think, you know, they, they so he starts the season as a DH or, you know, and, and where would you like to see him if anything?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think I would prefer to see him in the DH spot more than anything. He's, you know, we're talking about a guy who gets injured a good amount, um, and and you know his, his bat, he's lethal. He's lethal at the plate. Um, so I think I think it makes sense to you know pluck him in the DH spot for the majority of the, of the season. Maybe have him uh, maybe a spot start in left field here and there, but I wouldn't put him in the outfield a lot. Um, you don't you don't want a guy like that. You don't want to risk a guy like that getting hurt, uh, too consistently. So I just I think the DH spot works. Um, it is as a hitter for someone who who is experienced. Being a DH only, it is definitely a very, it, it can be frustrating because you you feel like you're only playing one part of the game. You kind of feel isolated from the rest of the game. Sometimes it is hard to to get in a rhythm. That's why you. That's why I, I look at players like David Ortiz for him to be as consistent as he was throughout his career. just a DH is something truly incredible because you do feel like you are only a part of one aspect of the game. So, I think I think he does have a right to have a good a, a good say in that. I think you should pluck him out there um, a few times, a few starts here and there, um, because that kind of gets him off his feet a little bit. That kind of gets him in, in, in a little bit more of a routine. So um, I wouldn't start him every game, uh, like Chris said, maybe, maybe 50. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want to say, say less, say less, because fewer <laughs> games might be might be easier to have him out I- and left
1: yeah because i just, I look at the
2: White sox and I feel like I see like we're, we're kind
1: of walking on eggshells with this team. There's not a lot of room for error anymore. there's not a lot of room for uh for 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 for, for injury or for guys to underperform or whatever the case may be. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think I don't know I don't know i think, I think it depends on how he performs you know within the first month or whatever the case may be. maybe you move it around a little bit. For me, I'd maybe start him for like 25 games. That's what I'd be looking at right now in the field, but that can always change. I don't like, I, I cannot stand the, the coaches and managers who look at young players like this and already determine this guy can't, this guy cannot play in the field. Uh, I've had high school coaches like that. I've seen other coaches like that. That's bull crap. Stop being like that. You know who you are. I'm calling you out. Um. So. Ooh. Don't go. Don't give up on this guy playing in the field. Um, but also take it easy. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say names. But Hey,
2: hey man. Hey, we yeah, got, so... hey, you know what? We got some cutting room floor time. That's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, we're hot today. I just noticed. Man. Maybe it's because you guys <laughs> haven't been on for a while. You know, you, you hit a boiling point. You guys are like. Chris is like, I gotta, I gotta bake all the announcers out there and the MLB Network dudes. Yeah, Miles already trying to bake the coaches. It makes sense. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel for sure, I gotta let off this team. I will say this, Miles, you inspired me because as, a, as, um, a guy that, um, as, on my softball team, I play catcher, which is b- basically the DH spot. Yeah. Uh, you inspired me to keep trying at the field now. Okay, so man, uh, hey, go play first base, yeah. though. Go play first base, <laughs> coach. put me in center. All
1: right.
0: I re- I remember once we were we were uh we were um uh, it was a blow. We were winning by a lot in the last inning. Uh uh, you know the 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 guy who I guess we, we deemed as the coach. He's just like, yeah, we, let's just play different all the different spots. And I was like, I'm gonna go to the left. You know, and I'm just I'm just hoping the ball doesn't go there the whole inning, right? And guess what? no ball went over there and i was celebrating like i was like I, I i just won the world series going into the day i was like i didn't make a mistake let's go uh so so yeah no yeah you definitely inspire me i will not give up on my fielding dreams for sure don't
1: saw, don't do it
0: <laughs> uh but one one of the hey, and you guys if you you know if you guys if you guys are coming in hot this uh, next topic for sure uh carries a lot Wait, uh, with the robo oms talk, you know, that the <laughs> people have been talking about that. People have been talking a lot about this over the last couple of
1: weeks. Sorry.
0: <laughs> and it's, yeah, no, no, I get you, I get you. I see, I've been seeing a lot of that, man. I mean, trust me. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and it's
1: funny but because... I'm starting off the year hot. Exa- the year yeah,
0: yeah, you got to start, yeah, exactly. Got to go, yeah. got to go in, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I saw a lot of people, like, and it's funny because it's all, the, the, the mostly the people that I see is is really just the people that don't like look at the the details, right? They'll they'll just see the that, you know, I get it. If you don't want any if you if you don't want any type of robo ump or any type of monitoring, like I get that part of it. Mm -hmm. Like that's just that, you know, you don't like it, right? But there's some people that are just like, oh like you know you're taking out the human element and it's like if you look at the details, they're not in either of the proposals or either of the things that they're doing, I should say um they're not eliminating the umpire altogether uh yeah. I, I so i think well you know with the one way they're doing it i know that they're it's they're kind of doing like a challenge system mm-hmm. uh, where you can challenge i think up to three pitches a game and then yeah. the other the other one that i think again is i think they're just testing it and i don't think they would run this in the mlb the other one the one that i think they would run in mlb was the, is the challenge when i i'm assuming um yeah. but the other one is the one that where they kind of just let the ro- they let the robot um call the game and the umpire is there in case they they need them. So that's the one that yeah, that's the one that I understand uh is less is less favorite there. Uh but we'll start with you, Miles, if you want to go, go for it, man. I mean, what's what overall <laughs> thoughts on on this and uh, just the implementation of it in the in the minor leagues and all that.
1: Yeah, uh I think this is and you know what? Okay, so here's the problem with this talk about this, because mm-hmm. the other day I was on YouTube mm-hmm. and I was like, and I was like watching like a video of umpires making bad calls and it fired me up. Um <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. Yeah, I mean. For me, since I was a kid, I'm like, at what point are we gonna, are we gonna do something to, to kind of correct some of these some of these calls that some of these umpires make? Because they're, they're, you could just look it up with every with every umpire. Um, we not. Well, there, there's a lot of there's a good handful of umpires who are very very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know they're, they're, the the inaccuracies of of you know their officiating these games. It's just not fair. It's just, it's just not, um, the, the human element is important. Um, ha, you know, that, that, that interaction of, of making a mistake, that's important as well. Um, but in the game where these umpires make mistakes and not only do they make a mistake, do you get, run, you get rung up for calling them on the mistakes at, at what point can you really advocate for yourself? It's almost like you, you know, you 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 caved on a bad call, uh, but you can't do anything about it. And you being upset about, you know, fighting for your career uh, or whatever the case may be, fighting not to get traded, uh, whatever whatever it is. At what point do we hold these umpires accountable, or we have to look to an alternative to sort of correct? the mistakes of what's been going on over the past few years. The game being slow is not just a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the umping, a lot of what goes on is really bad. Andrew Hernandez a few years ago when there was the Red Sox and the Yankees during the ALCS, that's bad. That is terrible. <laughs> that, is, that, that is something that should never happen with all the resources that are at the disposal of the MLB. You got all this time in the world to change a baseball during a season, giving us all kinds of different baseballs for more home runs, less home runs, more ground outs. But you're not going to put, put forth the effort to hold these umpires accountable because, because of the union. So we're, we cannot, we, we just, it's just unfair. And just, this, yeah. this is my passion speaking as a baseball fan and a mm-hmm. baseball player that is just, it's not fair to these guys who are out there trying to compete. The fans are not there to watch the umpires. The umpires are there to do their job and officiate the game fairly. That has not been the case with a lot of these umpires uh, over the past decade and even longer. So I'm all for it. I don't, I don't No, I don't think the, like the robot ump only on the, the umpires making the calls based off what he hears in the ear. I'm totally against that. But challenging pitches during the game, I think that's very fair. But I mean, some of these umpires, I don't know three pitches is enough. He might be a, hey, let me get, like let me get like ten of those things this game. That, <laughs> that ball didn't hit the dirt, and he didn't call it strike three. And I don't, I don't, I, I don't like it. He, he's not watching me. He's 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 watching left field. So, you know, I just I think uh, I'm I'm for it. I'm for it for sure. I don't want to take the umpires completely out of it, but there there has to be some correction that goes on. Um, because they're not getting any better. they're very stubborn. If you say something you get thrown out of a game. if you look at them you get thrown out of a game. you sneeze or blink in the direction you get a warning <laughs> or thrown out of the game. It's bullcrap and I hate that about baseball. Stop it.
0: Yeah no hey hundred. percent I mean you you hit on a lot and I think that and you know a lot of people a lot of people or a lot of players I should say have been saying that that the uh, the you know the interactions with the umpire positive or negative they like that stuff. So, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, Ian Hab did say, you know, I think they were talking about it at the convention. He did say also like, he, he likes, you know, looking back at, and, and, you know, you know, asking him, Hey, was like, where was that? Or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that, that I think that will for sure stay. And I think they'll do the challenging, um, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. And again, uh also that when you give the the team an option of three pitches of three challenges, three opportunities, it adds to the strategy. So I, yeah. you know what I mean so if for yeah. for, um, for a game that's losing the shift and a lot of people you know a lot of people that are against it they're like oh well you know it's part of the game this and that or or whether like you know how like they limited the the you know the mound visits and all that and all that and they're like oh you're taking away this well here you go they're adding they're you know for you guys they're adding strategy there you go more uh but Chris I wanted your take on on the whole situation as well and what and what did you think about the the whole roblox stuff?
2: It's weird because I think there's so many areas where automation is coming in and replacing um, human jobs. And I've never really typically been in favor of it because you have fewer people working. Now, the articles that I read said that MLB was looking for uh, jobs for people to operate basically this system. So mm-hmm. I don't know that much about what it takes to operate the system. And there's very good evidence to have, you know, robo, robot umps, whatever you have, just pitch tracking technology that will make these calls in favor of guys like Angel Hernandez or, you know, even, even good ump. I think it's less about the Angel Hernandez and more about the fact that even the good or very best umpires still make mistakes. Like Jim Joyce is a pretty solid umpire, yeah, but he made an error that cost somebody a place in the record books, mm-hmm. and that might not have happened had you had an umpire, a robot umpire, making a call at first base. So, even if it's not my favorite idea, it's one of those things that I think that it's silly to argue against it because it's already coming. Um, there's there's some color that's added to the game because of the fact that you have these moments but it doesn't always mm-hmm. make the game better so
1: yeah.
2: i i'm not exactly in favor of it but i'm not wholly against it if that is a possible answer
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i mean no i get it cuz i mean there's a lot of uh for i mean and you've been watching the game for longer than us and and i mean even longer than Miles has been playing it so i understand it, the sense of it, it, I feel like I, I, even even where I'm at, uh, not as like as much as I don't I don't mind it. There it definitely is a mixed it's a mixed bag of emotions when you first hear about it and at first think about a di- a change in the game, right? It just it's just the way it is. Especially if you're just used to something and the way it goes, regardless, there's gonna be something uh strange about it. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, it's one of those things where people also what some people don't understand is look, they can still take it away. They try it, it doesn't work, they take it away. So um, hopefully everything works out for the best and they'll, they're able to, you know um, this is able to make a positive difference in the game. Um, but I wanted to move on uh, to uh, some other stuff that's been going around the league. Like one of the biggest trades that happened uh, one of the biggest trades of the offseason, I think, and that's uh, of uh, the twins and the Marlins uh, making a deal, uh, sending Luis uh, uh, a rise to the uh, Miami Marlins and the Marlins are sending back Pablo Lopez um, as well as uh, Jose Salas. And uh, Byron Churio, um, that's uh, Minnesota is getting them. Um, but what did you guys think about that? Deal? I mean, that this deal is is um, one you know, I honestly, I still feel like you know, my, Miami might have given up a lot, way more than I thought they would for this guy. Because look, I think he's good, he's an all star, he's you know, what 20, 25 26 years old, but I don't think one it's going to make a difference for the Marlins obviously it's like it, I don't think it's going to make a difference for the Marlins uh, because I saw a lot of people saying that this could be a win-win I I don't think so I because this guy's probably going to be in Miami for a couple years few years and then leave you know because the way that organization is uh I think you know Pablo Lopez is is going to make the twins way better uh they still you know still have a little bit to go but they'll obviously they'll, I think they'll be in competing at least but yeah, uh, and we'll start with you, Chris, because obviously this impacts the AL Central. Uh, so, you know, what are your overall thoughts? I think, like I said, I don't uh, – I, I think everyone's high on Luis Rice, but I'm not super as convinced as everyone else. But what did you think overall on the deal?
2: I think he'll have a bit tougher time of it um, in in Marlins Park, even though they moved the fences in and right field is a little bit better for him. But he's a guy who hits all fields. Um, But he hit a lot of, he had a lot of extra base hits last year. That's what drove his value up, Mm -hmm. as well as his batting eye being just as good as it was. Um, On the face of it, yeah, got him out of the division. Fantastic. (laughs) So as long as the White Sox give up Mike Clevenger, (laughs) I can be super happy. Um, For the Marlins, I'm a little bit, the Pablo Lopez, I don't know. It does on its face, even with the minor leaguers that they gave up to, I'm, I, I would think that they got the better end of the deal, but I'm worried because I wanted Kim Ng to succeed in this spot,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: she has not been able to put uh, a winning competing team out on the on the field yet. They have Sandy mm-hmm. Alcantara. It's great, and it's fantastic. but they I don't I don't see the pieces coming to fruition quite yet. Like this is the time for them to win like 80 plus games and put it, at least put a scare into the division, if not make the playoffs. And I don't know if anybody's picking the Marlins to win 80 plus games. So I think this is might be a name move. Uh, it looks good to solidify the top of their lineup, but I something about it makes it seem like a name move and it's not a big name to go out and get. You, and you know, what's weird as the the Marlins have not been good since they changed their name. Like, the only time they've ever made the playoffs <laughs> is the Miami Marlins was that 2020 season where they I, went to. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. So, no, uh, I'm, they should have
2: stayed the Florida Marlins, bro. They, they should have stayed the Florida Marlins.
0: No, I'm saying, I'm saying, because I, 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 you know, even if it was 2020, uh, I still can't believe they beat us. They swept us.
2: Bro, you gotta, you gotta. Eat that one, <laughs> That
0: was wild. at Wrigley still. At Wrigley, too. I don't care if it was empty.
2: But that's, yeah. anyway. Like, I still don't think that the, the Cubs should have broken it up. But man, that was yeah. an argument to break that up.
0: Yeah. That, yeah. That one, basically. Yeah. That one, but that, that oh, was, man. uh, that I was I should not get into that
1: tonight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that's that. Uh, Miami, you're right. And Miami hasn't, uh, they haven't done much since that, and it sucks because they, they, you know, everyone constantly says it too. It's Miami would be a great place to play, or is a great place to play. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, I think they're great uniforms. I, I mean, I know, I, I think they, I feel like this, honestly they
2: are, they, they yeah
0: really are, um, and a great stadium. Uh, I mean, oh, so I yeah, so I mean, it, I don't understand that, but it uh, hey, look, I, 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 hope that Luis is, is is able to get better and be a better player. Cause he's a good player. I'm just saying that for the, for the, like, I feel like how everyone's treating him. they're like, Oh my God, Miami got like a, you know, they're acting like the, you know, they got like that deep or something like, uh, dude, like, calm down. Like it's not that, not that deep. So <laughs> what, 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 did you think miles? Like what, what like on, on that deal overall?
1: Um, I, I don't, I don't know if that's really, it's, it's a, it's a powerful move on the Marlins part. Um, I just, I, I don't, I look at this roster. I still don't believe that they are, that they're at that point where they can, where they can, even somewhat compete. Mm-hmm. And I've seen articles here and there on the internet about Marlins can can absolutely shock shock the world. I'm not counting them out. But do do we know who's in their division? Do we know what the Phillies <laughs> just did? Do we know what the Mets just did? The the, the moves the Phillies just made after being in the. Are you kidding me? I just they're not there yet. They're not mm-hmm. there. And, and I think talent wise, they have the talent. Um, I think developmentally, they're just, they're not there yet, but mm-hmm. who's to say that's not going to change in like in like a year or two years. Cause this team is so young. I think that they're still missing a couple of veteran pieces that can really help. Now, when I see Gene Segura there, great. Awesome. That's a great veteran presence to have. Really mentoring the, the infielders. You got Jazz Chisholm moving to the outfield, supposedly. Um, so I think I think when you when you look at the trajectory of where this team can go, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, but currently, they're not there yet. But I do believe that they, that they can get there because um, I, I I like their system. I think they have a young, talented system. Um, I have a few buddies that play for them. In a matter of fact, who so I think. Will be will you know be on the big stage anywhere between three to four years from now? Um, So I do believe in the Marlins soon, though not really. But this could be a move that benefits them a little more down the line.
0: Yeah, and 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 as to what Chris said as well is like you know we want you know Kim to succeed in this situation, and you know it just it hopefully the deal works out for, for her as well. But it just it off on paper. Uh, especially when it comes to, you know, war comparisons. Cause I know people did, you know, they, they were, you know, people were doing comparisons of how much value is going to the twins. Um, and it just doesn't look very good at the moment, but yeah. hopefully they're able to, to figure something out for sure. But you're right yeah. in that sense is that the, Mar- the Marlins for sure is that's, and that's why a lot of people think that they should just, you know, do away with the jazz, uh, the jazz, uh, you know, Chisholms or like, or you know, the Sandy Alcantara's just because of the sense yeah. of where they're at in, in in where the other teams are at like it's like yeah. they're they're. i mean they're, they're just they're not gonna they're not gonna compete and they're not gonna go out there and get other guys that are gonna help them compete i i don't i don't right. see it at least yes. i mean uh well what do you think chris because i i don't i don't think they they have any opportunity to compete when you got when you have the phillies Mets and braves in there they just go all in it's just ridiculous
1: i don't even
2: no. You gotta put the money up. You gotta put the bread up. I think that's yeah. the thing. Um, I mean, once they got Derek Jeter out, that at least helped. Or, you know, mm-hmm. once he left of his own accord after basically selling them to the Yankees for a couple of years, um, <laughs> uh, that helped. But they're they're gonna have to put up money and they can't mm-hmm. just rely on the fact that they have a very nice ballpark exactly. and a very baseball friendly city. And that's why they brought in Kim Ng. That's why they brought in yeah. an established baseball mind who'd had so much time in front offices. It wasn't just a diversity hire like they brought Mm -hmm. her in to change the organizational mandate and become a winner. So they're going to have to be smart with it. They have a, a model to look towards about, you know, however many miles northwest on the other coast in Tampa Bay. They've got a model to look at and see how you can build from the ground up in success. But like you said, those guys that they have are only getting older every day. Mm-hmm. So you've got to start young and establish from there. Even if you do, even if you go a route where you, you know, you only hold on to those guys until their late twenties, early thirties, and then have the next crop ready to succeed, but they're going to have to go through the draft, through international scouting. I think to make their to make their headway, in. and then what's going to be a really tough division. Uh, all, all those teams you mentioned, and even some of the teams you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Nationals are going to find a way to rebound because they've got a. Pretty good front office too so the marlins can't just count on surprising the entire world every 10 or 15 years anymore they have got to find they've got to find people to hang their hat on and build around them immediately
0: yeah, and you're right. I wish, look, I wish they could, or I wish they would just go out and spend money and, and get, you know, get some guys because the pitching is ridiculous, right? You have Sandy Alcantara. I know they gave away, you know, they got, they traded away Pablo Lopez, but, you know, if Pablo Lopez didn't go anywhere and you still had him and you still have Sixto Sanchez, who, you know, um, has been struggling to get healthy and, and, and they have so much talent there. Um, that it's a shame that yeah, that, 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 they might, you know, end up dealing those guys, but hopefully again, hopefully Kim is able to put some out of the bag and as well as the ownership with, when it comes to the money. So um want to move on to our last topic of the show, which is uh, the hall of fame. And just what you guys thought of, of uh, you know, Scott Rowland getting in. And uh, again, going back to, you know, this is not necessarily a, you know, something that a pick that's going to make headlines. Either it's not sexy, it's not a sexy pick. Um, but Want to get your guys' uh, opinions on this. You know, it's a guy who finished his career with A55 OPS, uh, over 300 home runs, uh, over 2,000 hits. Uh, we'll start with you, Miles. What did you think about this? this? is a guy, I mean, this is one of those guys we grew up watching. I mean, you know, he was on the Phillies, the Cardinals for a long time, uh, yeah. you know, smacking hits off the those mid-2000s Cubs teams. So, um, <laughs> yeah, what did you think? I mean, this guy who played elite defense um, and, and was able to, you know, get in the halls because like, –
1: yeah, I think I think it's very fitting. I think Scott Rowland had a very um almost and, and I'm really happy that he was recognized because I, I I I still felt that he was almost underappreciated still during his career. Um <laughs> I know you remember those Cubs Cardinals battles back in like the back in like the mid early two thousands. He'd come to he'd come to Wrigley and he would he would really hurt the Cubs pitching. Um, and also defensively, he would just crush, crush our dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, I think it's very, very, uh, very fitting. Uh, a good amount of all-star games on his belt as well. Um, what, what a career. I'm, I'm happy that he was, that he was recognized. Um, you know, when I, when I see players like him get in, I still keep my fingers crossed for Aramis Samirez to get in as well. Um, I think, I think that's another talented third baseman that isn't talked about enough. During his career, but Scott Rowland, um, amazing, ama- amazing career. And it was and is almost kind of a, a model baseball player to, to look at. Um, he was always a leader in every clubhouse that he played in. Um, and always uh, spoken very highly of every of every teammate uh, that he had. So very fitting. Uh, you know, uh, I think uh, he made me cry a couple of times as a child, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, I just hated seeing him, seeing him on the Cardinals. But, um, yeah, very fitting. So I'm very happy that he got it.
0: What do you th- what you think, Chris?
2: It's it's decent, I think. Um, Scott Rowland was a solid hitter. I think he never really he, he was the victim of those Phillies teams that were never quite good enough. And mm-hmm. I think I remember him being kind of looked at as a guy who couldn't couldn't get them over the line, kind of like what they and he um he was much better than Pat Burrell, but I remember mm-hmm. hearing them talked about in that same kind of sense of like Scott Rowland wasn't wasn't the guy that they needed in Philadelphia. And then he went to the Cardinals and then the Reds and had a much longer career than I think I could have imagined at that point in time. I really remember thinking that. I was like, damn, Scott Rowan is still out here getting hits in Cincinnati. (laughs) And he was never a guy to shy away from things, which was evident in those Cardinals-Reds battles from the early part of the 2010s. So I think it was good. I think it was a good... um, He definitely deserved to get in. Um, Outside of that... I don't understand why Todd Helton didn't get in. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I really don't understand, but it's, it's, you know, the baseball writers of America, hall of fame voting. It never quite completely makes sense. So (laughs) it's it's just weird that Scott Helton missed by that small of a percentage. Like somebody Mm -hmm. was like, nah, you know what? somebody else didn't get voted in until their sixth year. So we are going to wait another year for Scott. Some, yeah. some stupid like criteria like that. Mm-hmm. So for, I think what the crop that they had for just Scott Roland to make it in is still silly, but Scott Rowland deserved it.
0: Yeah. yeah. and You're right. I mean, you look at the, the, the rest of the list and the guys that made big jumps, Um, you know, you had Sheffield at 55, uh, it's a 14% jump. And, uh, Andrew Jones at the 16% jump at 58, uh, Billy Wagner with a 17, uh, percent jump there. So yeah, no, I mean, you're right in that sense. I'm I'm really surprised that Elton, uh, was not able to get in, but I mean, where he's at now, I'm sure he'll be able to be a lock for next year, uh, and get in there. Uh, so hopefully that, you know, that comes out to be, but, um, definitely i think that's a good place to wrap things up for today um you know with plenty of stuff coming up you know we got like i said we got the world baseball classic um spring training around the corner you know like you could always smell you know february pitchers and catchers reporting almost so that's going to be something uh to look forward to uh i want to thank miles porter for coming on and chris pennant uh want to shout out chris's uh podcast the skyhook podcast that you know uh Going strong right now, getting ready for, uh, for you know, the season that starts in May. And then I just saw, actually, on my phone, I got a notification. Sky expected to make changes to ownership group on Friday.
2: Yeah, right, so. it's big news coming, man. Free agency's been mad spicy, too. I'm sure y'all saw the D'Erica Hamby Las Vegas stuff. Oh, with, man, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's been a lot. It's been a lot.
0: No, yeah, definitely. So check that out, available on all platforms. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Hopefully everyone has a great week. Take it easy.